Welcome to Future Proof, the marketing podcast from Kantar and Side Business School, University of Oxford. In each episode, we speak with marketing leaders and share insights to help brands and business leaders navigate the ever-changing marketing landscape and hopefully dispel some myths and misconceptions along the way. Hello, my name is Duncan Southgate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm a senior director for Creative and Media Solutions in Kantar's global product team. Today, I'm joined by Robin Langford, who's the editor at Performance Marketing World, and by Lenny Gates Sumner, who's the head of creative for Kantar UK. We're going to be talking about the relationship between ad testing and real world performance. But before we get into that, let's learn a little bit about our guests. So, Robin, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you arrived in your current role? Hi, Duncan. Hi, Lenny. Um, it's great to be here. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm Robin Langford. I'm editor at Performance Marketing World. I've been working as a journalist in the marketing industry for about 15 years, um, specializing in digital, but not exclusively. And it's always been a bit of a mix anyway. Um, I started at a title called Net Imperative, um, which is one of the first online publications in the digital marketing industry in the UK. It was born out of New Media Age, if any of your listeners are old enough to remember New Media Age um, back in the day. Um, my bread and butter has always been daily news, journalism, but I've also spent time in the consultancy space and in the e-learning space. So I've got a bit of uh, knowledge about just how information is used in the marketing industry, both on a broad news level, on a strategic consultancy level, and also in classrooms in e-learning. So it's really interesting how that information is used in different ways within our industry. Um, and I'm now editor of Performance Marketing World, which is in the, one of the newest titles in Haymarket um, and a sister sister title to campaign magazine which is sometimes called the marketing bible i don't know if everyone calls it that but um we like to we like to call it that but um but performance marketing world is extending that coverage and we're, we're really focusing on the pay for performance side of marketing and um, because that's such a fast growth area and yeah i've seen a lot come and go in my 15 years i've seen lots of things really successful like google search and i've seen things that have been less successful like google glass 
Um, and that pretty much sums me up. Yeah, there's definitely been some digital uh, phases of booms and busts over the last few, 20 years or so. That's great. Thank you. And well, lovely to have you on the podcast, Robin. Uh, Lainey, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and your role, please. So I've been working in the insights industry for about 20 years now. In the early stages of my career, I was at Hearst at a time where they were kind of transitioning from being quite a traditional magazine business into much more focus onto digital platforms, which I think was where my interest and passion for advertising in particular digital started. I then moved over to Kantar, spent about 10 years in the media and digital effectiveness team there. And for the past two years or so, I have been heading up the creative team at Kantar UK, so helping our clients with their creative development. Lovely to have this conversation today. So we're going to get to performance later, but let's start by talking about ad testing. And if you can just share both of you some of your personal experience with ad testing, I think that'd be great because particularly, Robin, I think you can give us a view of how it's perceived in the industry. I mean, I'm, I'm always interested in whether it's cons- considered generally a positive experience or just a necessary evil. So what, what's your view on that? From when we have our events and stuff, when I talk to the industry, because obviously I don't use it all myself. I don't get to play with some of these fun toys and testing toys and things. But from what I hear, it's always generally positive, the idea of testing. And I think the validation has grown, that the confidence that these results are accurate um, and these, these, when you test it, um, that has grown as well. So it's definitely seen as a positive. I mean, the magic formula that's unlocked this has been the growth of AI and a larger pool of data. So it's really nice to be able to sort of actually put numbers on. If you change it at this at this early stage, you will see these results and there's a lot more confidence to sort of get that, get that change in the boardroom. Yeah, and so we'll come to some of those topics of validation. And um, I love the idea of ad testing as a virtue. We'll also come to the topic of AI later as well. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense. What about the practitioner's view, Lenny? How, how do you think uh, ad testing tends to be viewed these days? I mean, I'd love to think that everybody sees it as a virtue, obviously, in my role. Um, and I, you know, I completely agree. I think a lot of clients really do value, um, you know, the the impact that ad testing can have on campaign development. But exactly like Robin says, you know, often, particularly with digital advertising, we hear we just don't have the time, you know, the the ad's ready and it's going live that day or the next day. However, you know, I think ad testing is changing to try and account for that, right? It is now a lot faster. We can get results um, through our Kantar Marketplace platform in sort of 24 to 48 hours for a, for a full kind of survey-based ad test. And we've also got AI, right? Results in 15 minutes, which is just fantastic and, and really does mean hopefully that there's a lot more um, opportunity for ad testing to be part of more clients' plans. Um, so no, definitely not a necessary evil. Um, I much prefer the idea of it as a virtue. So let's talk for a little bit then about not just the testing approach, but the the stuff we're testing, right? So we, we're testing these ads because we believe that if you can make an ad better, it'll work better. So the creative quality, I mean, all of the data I've seen and some of the stuff I've worked on myself suggests that creative quality plays a hugely important role, not just in driving awareness, but also in terms of driving ultimate campaign profitability and ROI. So you would think that obviously you would want to test your, all of your ads, but in our annual marketeers survey this year, we saw a really slightly worrying trend that um, now 40% of global marketeers claim they're testing little or none of their creative. And that's up quite a bit. That's up from 33% just one year ago. So I don't know if you've got any thoughts on what might be driving that. Uh, and you know, do, you think that's, do you think that's a trend that will continue? Or is that something that we need to sort of collectively try and reverse? Robin, what, what will be your thoughts on that? Yeah, you showed me the statistic, um, and it is is somewhat puzzling because it is it does feel uh, quite contradictory because all the, a lot of people are saying 
that testing is is super important. But then this these statistics seem to say there's been a like seven percent rise in in less testing. So putting on my sort of data analysis hat, um, there's a, there could be a simple statistical answer to this that there's simply a higher volume of ads now. Um, there's been uh, a massive growth in in digital ads, um, especially programmatic. So and there's more iterations of different ads on on the same platform. So maybe that's that's simply one of the answers I can give you for this one. It also might be that um, perhaps some marketers are have already done lots of testing on on some aspects of their marketing, but but not others, and they feel quite confident, or they're making assumptions that it, if it works on one platform, it'll work on another. Um, I don't know whether that's the correct assumption for them, but that's one that's one other answer I could give you. Um, finally, they could be getting more confident. Simply, some some of these new marketing practices have, have been around for a while, and people can be getting more more used to programmatic ad, ad exchanges and things like that. So they know they're a bit more confident in what's already worked the previous year. But I, it it is a puzzling one, Duncan. I'll admit I'll admit that to you. I would like nice to hear what Leonie thinks. Actually, yeah. I mean, I I have this this wonder that maybe twenty twenty two is just a bit of an odd year because we saw a massive surge in campaigns and in campaign testing in 2021 coming out the back of the pandemic. You know, there was a huge investment, I think, from a lot of companies in their advertising after a very kind of strange and quiet period. So I do wonder if then this year, the result of that has been that it's been a much quieter year. Um, And also, I think, you know, if you think about what's happening globally, um, you know, with the economy, I think clients are being a bit, a lot more cautious actually with their budgets. We're seeing more clients kind of recycling campaigns from last year. So I think it'll be really interesting to see whether this is a trend or whether it is maybe more of a blip. So yeah, maybe ask me again next year or the year after and we'll see what's changed then, Duncan. Yeah, so the longer term uh, trend w- w- is uh, is still to be determined, I guess. I mean, we're not seeing our ad testing volumes declining. So it, it, I think I think the very first point you made, Robin, about there's just a load more ads out there um, is very true. So so people's proportion of ads that they're testing may be coming down, but the you know ad testing uh, in itself isn't isn't declining. So it's a, it is a that, that that partly explains it. And, and digital, as you said is a massive part of that ad volume. So let's talk for a minute about digital campaigns in particular, um, because, you know, lots of clients do test many of their digital ads as well as they test their their TV and their print and their other ads um, before they go live. But I do still hear quite a few clients saying, well, let's just put our digital ads live and optimize as they go. So I guess the, the question here is whether that approach still makes sense, even though digital is now taking up a much bigger chunk of the overall media spend. You know, was it okay when digital was still the young upstart, but now digital is mainstream? That the, the actually the, the biggest chunk of many media campaigns is that still the right approach, or or are there justifiable reasons why digital and TV should could be different? Yeah, there's a. I mean, what we're talking about here is that split between sort of pre-testing a campaign rigorously before you make it live and then testing it as it is live. And it's natural to want to place extra care on the more um, branding-led aspects of a campaign that would be a TV ad or out of home that are kind of more fixed and you can't really change them when they're in flight as much, um, whereas digital has often lent itself better to, to real-time optimization as it goes along. Um low end of the performance funnel, like PPC, email, paid social. The key worry is um, that you're 
often the, the worry is it's a typical thing is you, you repurpose ads from your TV to, to work on, say, social or or YouTube or video. But you're still it might not it might simply be the very fundamental things you filmed or or made just don't work on that. So you can you can change the wording, you can change the timing, you can change the, the messaging, you can change how short the ads are. But if you if they they simply might not be the same audience, you might it might be better to test really early on with your digital, and then you can shoot uh, an entirely repurposed ad just for uh, a full length you know mobile screen for TikTok, for example. And you need that sort of testing validation early on to know that this will work and this will work much better rather than just repurposing your um, TV ads. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Robin. We we see a lot of clients still taking a TV first approach to campaign development and then putting it online. And for the most part, it doesn't work, right? We, we see time and time again, it doesn't work. The digital experience is very, very different from the TV consumption experience. So it's incredibly important to design the right creative for the right channel and I think you know to your point around kind of using digital data etc I think there's so much data available in the digital space of course it makes sense to use it but what you've got to be very careful on is that you're using it to measure the right objectives so if your campaign has a brand building objective then you need you know kind of brand attitudinal based uh, research to measure whether it meets that objective. If your campaign's got a sales generation objective, you know, or, or kind of digital behavioral objectives, then absolutely use the digital behavior. But just be very, very clear up front, what are the objectives of the different elements of your campaign? And how are you going to measure each of those in a way that is relevant and sensible for that objective and that channel? And I guess that, that makes a load of sense. The, 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 the pushback, I guess, then comes from most advertisers say, well, I want to build my brand and I want to drive sales. I don't want to choose. <laughs> so, you know, I guess that then then what do we what do you do then? Because do you are brand building and performance genuinely at odds when it comes to ad testing? Do you have to choose which is your primary objective and then that's the way you optimize or ad test and that's the way you choose whether it's going to be optimized or not? Or can you achieve both within the same ad or do you need to separate the ads so that you always have you know this ad is a performance ad and this one's a brand building ad and we'll test those but not these how do you deal with that kind of dilemma yeah the the difference i think it it was it has been that way but it's becoming less and less um distinct and becoming less and less siloed um the branding and performance side of marketing i'm certainly noticing that in in the coverage we're getting i like to think of things in terms of stories and analogies and and one i heard recently is that marketing is like asking someone out on a date and your branding is the reason they would say yes and i like that analogy and i thought how can i shoehorn performance marketing into it and i would say your performance marketing is like asking someone out on a date but at the best possible time when the when they're in the best possible mood based on lookalike people that you've asked out in the past and you might get a similar response that way um that kind of thing who says romance is dead anyway um but i quite like that analogy and i think that you advertising can be serving both functions now particularly as technology and and ai gets more sophisticated you can be seeing something that is driving brand awareness and consideration um on top of the funnel things but you can also combine that with more data on the creative like Leone, like Leone's working on um, to make sure you're getting the right message and the right time. And it is that perfect unison. Like that's my favorite campaigns are when they're doing that, when they're really 
really smart data, really smart data and really amazing creative that's based on the back of that data. So let's continue that sort of best practice idea then. Um, let's, let's talk about the best way you can possibly optimize your ads before they go live and then what you can do in flight. Let's, uh, let's, let's sort of um, leap from the, the early stage and what, what, you, what you should do before, you're, before you go and start spending money and what you can do once the money is actually sort of flowing through the system. So I, I don't know, Rob, if you've got some good examples of, uh, of advertisers um, managing to, to achieve that well. Yeah, we see lots of examples on performance marketing world, but it's, it's hard, to, hard to think of things that really stand out. But one that did was over this summer during the um, Women's Football World Cup. Um, I spoke to the team that was in charge of uh, marketing uh, ticket sales for that, and it was obviously a huge success in the UK. Um, and I think what was really interesting about that was how much how much of it was based on historical data, because we've had football tournaments in the past and stuff, but there's also a lot of it was unknown as well, because women's football is growing massively across the world. And there was a lot of unpredictable things that have never happened before. So there had never been Iceland playing Norway in Bradford before. In a, in a, so on one hand, you had seen um, these massive sporting events happen, but you hadn't seen this type before. And it was very, so there's, there's a, a high degree of pre-launch testing for where to optimise your spend to, to get people to um, notice uh, to buy tickets. Um, and but then also a lot of in-flight data as this as the tournament progressed, as the home team did really well, interest just rose rapidly. And one thing that really stood out from my talk with them was uh, that the the audience changed suddenly halfway through the tournament. You had from sort of re really hardcore sort of. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Football fans buying the tickets. Suddenly, that that audience changed to families really wanting to buy all the tickets they could to see any games, and so they adjusted their messaging. And it was also the regional aspect was fantastic. The way they um, they had to they could they could keep planning between the different stages in the tournament, and then they would readjust their their spend. Sometimes they'd spend more on out of home in in more non London areas, and then in London they'd he spend heavily on digital. For example, was an interesting. Uh, way they, they adjusted their budgets. What about sort of um, back in the, more of the ad testing space and uh, what some of the campaigns you've worked on, Lenny? Well, how, how do you see best practice um, of connecting the whatever pretest learning we pull together with whatever in-flight in um, research we can pull together? 
I think it's about cl- upfront clarity. Again, I keep going on about objectives, don't I? <laughs> but I do think they're just so important, you know, having very, very clear objectives for what you want to achieve through all the different elements of your campaign. And I think, you know, particularly with, you know, pre-testing and in-flight optimization, thinking about what you're going to get from that data and what you can actually do with it, right? It's all very well getting really, really detailed in-flight creative um, feedback, but actually you're not going to change your creative mid-flight, right? Those changes, that they're done and dusted and, and locked in. So, you know, having a very, very solid upfront pre-testing uh, research protocols, you know, and, and making sure that the creatives that go live are the ones that have the best possible chance of achieving your objectives. I think that's hugely important. And then in flight, thinking about, okay, so what are the changes we can make, right? So, you know, you can't make creative changes, but you could upweight one creative versus, versus another. You could change your messaging slightly. You can change your frequency. You can change your sequencing. So making sure that the data you're collecting during the campaign is very clearly linked to the changes that you can make. I think that is the thing that is going to allow for the best possible ROI. Makes a lot of sense, a lot of sense. Okay, l- let's pick up on that ROI topic a bit more then. Um, and Robin, you said right up front, validation matters and is, is, is what's helping build this connection between ad testing and real world. So Lenny, I know, I know you've just done some work um, to update the Kantar sales validation. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you've connected pre-testing with those, that, that very important uh, real world outcome. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, anyone listening that is a, a Kantar link client will know that we have, you know, we, we take great pride in our validations. Our, our first validation was done back in the 1990s where we proved the link between our aware, awareness index metric, which is one of our key success metrics with um, kind of cut through as measured by tracking. We then moved on to actually validate um, that, you know, a strong link test can give you, you can predict the likelihood of a sales lift. And now we've moved that on one step further to actually quantify that increase. So we can now show that our um, short-term sales likelihood measure, if you have a high short-term sales likelihood, then you will typically generate 33% more sales in market, which is obviously a really, really powerful, um, you know, a really powerful finding for us to highlight the value of the pre-testing that we do. Okay, we've we've avoided the topic of AI. Um, We've touched on it several times, but we haven't really deep dived into AI. And it it is transforming um, both performance marketing and ad testing in uh, all kinds of interesting um, and exciting ways. So let's spend a couple of minutes unpacking that. Um, I mean, Robin, should we start with you again? Performance marketing, AI, what's happening? What's exciting? Well, yeah, I mean, just as Leonie was saying there and explaining how how Kantar's come on leaps and bounds in terms of how much they can uh, help help brands predict what's going on. I think that that's AI is is the large part of why performance marketing is growing. Um, and, and that's why we launched performance marketing, because all these um, these channels and these this ability to predict has just exploded in the last few years, and yeah, we even noticed that in in the in the kind of jobs that are going around the industry, uh, even on LinkedIn. I think the most popular jobs uh, in the UK were things like data scientists, and it's about it, it. Data is really at the heart of a lot of marketing right now. AI is only as good as the as the data you've got, and we've just got a growing pool of touch points, a growing pool of customer interactions and stuff, and and a growing sophistication of the technology to interpret that, which is um, 
what Kantar is doing. Flip side of the AI, often the argument against it is, oh, it might be sort of taking jobs, but um, that's certainly not my experience. It's, it's transforming and growing the sector we're working in. Um, it's often freeing up a lot of people in marketing to be more creative um, in their in their campaigns and in their interpretation of data. Yeah, and, and this is before we even get on to how AI is transforming the, the, the whole ad tech landscape, which is which is a, a huge a huge area of um, growth and that across all sorts of areas, connected TV, voice, um, even digital out of home, gaming, and that's even before we get onto the metaverse. But I think AI um, and how it interprets all those new touch points is um, absolutely uh, fundamental to, to the next stage of growth within marketing. And there's probably two or three podcasts in each of those topics you've just touched on. But yeah, no, uh, totally transformational in all kinds of areas. What about in, in ad testing then, Lenny? You touched on, we can test an ad in 15 minutes now. How, how's how's that working and how's that impacting um, your relationships with, uh, with, with your clients? Game changer, right? Um, you know, hundreds of ads in 15 minutes can now be tested, which just means we've got such broader scope than we've ever had before. You know, you can't, you know, to say oh, I can't afford ad testing, I don't have time to do ad testing. Now, it, it's simply not true. So it's enabling much broader conversations with clients and it's enabling them to test competitor ads, to kind of bulk test historical ads, collect so much more data, which then obviously in turn feeds the AI to make it stronger and stronger. So it's just brilliant. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm also uh, excited about it, really happy to be involved in that. And I'm, you know, I'm also particularly proud of the fact that we managed to just get some brand lift metrics into our Link AI for digital products. So that's one of the things I always had the pleasure of working on. And I think that's quite important as well, because the other thing with these AI metrics is we need to to present them in the kind of currency that clients are used to. So with those new brand lift metrics, like lift in awareness and consideration and purchase intent. Now, clients, it's not just a, a metric in 15 minutes that they're unfamiliar with. It's the same metric that they're used to waiting till the end of their campaign to get for, for a, 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 and now we're delivering that very early before at the time when people can do stuff with it. So, so you know, I think I think we're all AI fans. The other thing um, is, is, is continuing to understand how you can apply this ad test learning to, to new and exciting and interesting situations, how much you can extrapolate forward from what you know in the past. And Robin, you talked about how that worked for the Women's World Cup in the UK this summer. I guess trying to move our, our focus a bit forward towards the end of this year, we've got a slightly strange scenario <laughs> heading our way, right? We've got um, the Men's World Cup in an unusual part of the world um, uh, at a, a slightly different time so zone for many different many of the people that have been involved in World Cups in the past. It's much closer to the festive season, so uh, we've got that to consider. And I know to try and get ahead of this, Lenny, you published some work, interestingly titled Football, Father Christmas, and inflation, which is the other thing we're all battling with. So how how is that crazy cocktail going to impact the campaigns we'll see in the coming months? I think it's going to be a really interesting festive period and, and unlike anything we've ever seen before, to be honest. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what all of, you know, all, all the advertisers come up with. I think we're starting to see some World Cup themed ads come out. Just seen the first ad for Fox Soccer, which is combining both Christmas and the World Cup, which I think that they can do very nicely, but that's going to be a difficult balance for a lot of advertisers to strike. So I think it'll be really interesting to see what what mix we end up with. Um, 
I mean, I think regardless of whether it's a, a football ad, whether it's a Christmas ad or whether it's a mix of both, the same principles essentially apply. And that's what our our article talks about, you know, the importance of um making people feel something you know christmas advertising always makes people feel something and these big sporting tournaments they're the same you know everyone gets on board you get excited so so you need to capitalize on that emotion and reflect that emotion i think i think that's really important um but it's also going to be a really cluttered time right so you've got to be different you don't want your ad to look like everybody else's ad um you know if you remember during the pandemic we had a bit of a a christmas advertising period and it was quite difficult to differentiate a lot of the ads from one another so that differentiation is going to be incredibly important and then also you know making sure that the brand is at the heart of the story you don't want your ad and all your kind of hard spent advertising money doing a job for your competitors or or you know just for the category you need it to be linked back to your brand but also in, a, in an authentic way right so that it feels relevant and authentic to your consumers so um yeah that's i think it's going to be an interesting festive season and sorry the other thing obviously talking about inflation and the cost of living crisis you've got to be sensitive as well to that you know people we saw during the pandemic that there was some kind of consumer disquiet i suppose with advertising that didn't feel relevant to their lives at that time so you've got to layer on that that's extra sensitivity i suppose to to what people are going through um, in their own lives. So an interesting period for sure, but um, one I am, I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Me too. What about you, Robin? Um, yeah, I, I think Leonie summed it up. There's a lot of clutter and it's quite unprecedented to have a, a Winter World Cup. Um, if, if I can throw a, a shot of tequila into your crazy cocktail, Duncan, I would also point out that on Black Friday itself, um, the USA are playing England um, and that's at 7 p.m. UK time. I think that must be in US time. It'll be during the day. So there's two very big markets for, for Black Friday. And so that will really sort of change the messaging. There'll be even more clutter on that on that particular day. Um, and I think, I don't know what the answer is for people planning around that time. Um, I'm sure Link for AI will help in some way with that. But um, there's a lot to consider for different brands. And also, yeah, as you say, throwing in inflation um is is going to be another issue and what we found is a lot of people are, are shopping a lot earlier this year because they are they're anticipating a tough a tough winter ahead so um just i think there's a lot of lot of moving parts this year to take into account yeah no we're obviously really busy right now helping clients get ready for those campaigns and and also uh, prepping to monitor how those campaigns work in markets so you know we're excited to see what um, the winners and hopefully not too many losers through this period but it's it's going to be very interesting Let, let's let's move beyond the end of 2022 then and uh, just, just to finish up because we are the future proof podcast let's sort of turn our heads towards 2023 and beyond so um again back to performance first of all robin where do you see that the overall performance landscape going uh, going next oh um i think in general the landscape is getting a bit more fragmented i think meta and google are, are still quite dominant but we're seeing the landscape become more fragmented i'm hearing a lot of talk about retail media which is retailers becoming ad networks i'm hearing a lot of talk about connected tv that's quite an exciting area and recently uh netflix has 
opening up to ads, which is a whole nother massive platform, a massive trove of new data um, for advertisers to, to get their heads around. And I know they've opened up to bar rankings, which I know Kantar is heavily involved in there. In general, I think that means that what we would consider measuring branding and measuring performance are becoming more entwined than ever before. And a lot of branding elements will eventually become more performance elements, I think. And that's a big trend. I would say that, wouldn't that? Wouldn't I, as editor of Performance Marketing World, all, all marketing is becoming performance-led. But I can see quite a strong trend that a lot of new a lot of new metrics are coming into play that are making branding much more exciting and more measurable. No, there's, well, there's, there's lots of to be excited about there. And I know, um, Lenny, you're obviously seeing a lot more ad testing across a lot more media so picking up on robin's point of uh, of more touch points I, I guess is is that one of the major trends you see or what do you see as the the major trends for for next year um when it comes to the ad testing space yeah i think absolutely just that that breadth of touch points you know ad testing is not just about tv pre-testing anymore right it hasn't been for several years but i think that is something that is accelerating more and more you know the ability that we have to test across all different contexts um, you know, in all different channels um, is is brilliant and it's really exciting in it. And I think it's hopefully helping both us and our clients really, really build our expertise even further, you know, in that much broader sense. Um, and I think in terms of the trends for ad testing, you know, we've talked about speed, we've talked about flexibility, we're just going to keep getting faster, we're just going to keep getting more flexible, and um, you know, in order to keep up with those trends that Robin's talked about, and all those new ways that brands have to communicate with people, you know, we've got to keep up with that, to help them measure all those different ways they're communicating with people. And I think the final point for me, um, which I'm really excited about, I think with the technology that we have at Kantar, with our marketplace platform, etc., you know, it it means that ad testing is so much more accessible than it ever has been before. So it's not just about going along to a debrief, you know, and sitting there listening to a bunch of researchers talk through a PowerPoint presentation now, you know, it's about being able to make actionable decisions based off very, very, you know, near real time data or kind of, you know, fast turnaround data through a platform that allows, you know, lots and lots of stakeholders to see the information that they need um, and act on it. And I think that is again kind of game changing for the industry definitely well it's, it's clearly exciting times for both um, ad testing and for in market performance and i think hopefully today we've done a good job of showing there's a very clear relationship between good quality ad testing and in market performance as well and also i think we've learned through that sort of the, the romance analogies that uh, the industry clearly needs both so thank you very much for your time thank you thank you You've been listening to Future Proof from Kantar and Side Business School. For all episodes and more information, visit kantar.com or oxfordfutureofmarketing.com. If you enjoyed this, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. Music.